Hi, and good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings with Margie. Uh, thanks for being here for another great week. And once again, I have another uh, really cool guest here <laughs> with, with us this week, and I am going to let her introduce herself. That, that's a lot of, uh, that's a, like a high expectation, Margie. I, yeah. first of all, I'm jealous. My name is Jill Munson and there is no like Mondays with Margie. Like you, you, you were born into doing this, like congratulations on a perfect name. Um, so my, my real job, if you will, is, uh, I work with the American Cancer Society. My title is, um, they're kind of silly titles sometimes, but I'm a senior development manager. We just got new titles. Um, my real name, if anybody's looking to find me in the socials, is uh, Jill Munson Bishop. Munson like the town, if you're local, and Bishop like the Catholic uh, individual. Um, but for work, I dropped my wife's last name, and I'm just Jill Munson. Don't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so um, Jill uh, works for the American uh, Cancer Society. Yes, ma'am. And so why don't you tell us... Um, uh, what you do, yeah, and also what um, attracted you to this position and organization. Absolutely. I, I also would like to make sure before we, we get started that I thank you for having me and thank um, our mutual friend, Andrew, who works with you. Um, uh, Chief TMS has been a huge, awesome partner and, and friend in the community. So I love that we get to do this. Um, so my background's like really diverse. People are always like, oh, tell me about yourself. And I, so I started as a radio DJ um, and then I owned my own business an advertising agency and event planning company. Um, I still technically own it, but I owned it really big for, for many years and then got actually into hospitality, go figure. Um, but ultimately I was looking for sort of what would move me? What would, what could I do every day that I could earn a living, although be it nonprofit, not a lot of living, <laughs> but I could earn a living and, and make a difference. And um, I've lost my mom and my dad uh, to cancer. So mm. for me, the American Cancer Society was just a natural fit in particular, because I never knew, I knew about ACS, but I never knew what we did. Mm. Both times my parents had cancer. So um, we don't spend any money on advertising, nor should we, because mm -hmm. the money, you know, I mean, very little here or there, a Facebook campaign, but like, we're not doing massive, you know, campaigns like you'll see other, you know, organizations sometimes do, um, sure. makes us our own worst enemy. People have no idea what we're doing. So um, I think that's a big reason I got involved. And, and my job is really that it's sharing what we do and then looking for people who connect to it. Um, and unfortunately, that's almost everybody, it feels like, because cancer doesn't discriminate, um, mm -hmm. although it doesn't affect everybody equally, which is another topic. But um, And then I look for volunteers who, to get involved, and I look for partners. I look for businesses that want to um, have health and wellness a priority in their workplace and work with us and um, possibly underwrite an initiative we're doing. So I, I love what I do. I handle Western Massachusetts and Connecticut, but okay. the American Cancer Society, we're across the country, and we're actually global. Um, we do a lot of work in Africa too. So don't ask me the specifics because I don't know them all. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. And um, and that kind of connects in with Achieve is located in Massachusetts and Connecticut, but we also have um, yes. sites in Iowa. Um, and so often I interview people also from out in the Midwest as well. So this is kind of good um, that it's a international and, you know, the whole country yeah. is 
there's somebody we like to say that we are literally in every how every small town in every part of the country in every bedroom because we are available um and you know i sit here in the western mass area and i'm one of the local people here but if somebody's listening in iowa there's someone local there and that's important for people to know i think there's a misperception sometimes like we're this big you know out of i don't know some galaxy far far away and no i'm i'm just jill i go to the <laughs> right down the street you know so um, yeah. yeah so um one thing you were just sort of mentioning uh in talking a little bit about acs is um the health equity Mm -hmm. um, and you shared with me in an email before about what April is, which yeah. I was not aware of, and I'm guessing a lot of people are not aware. So could you tell us, uh, what April is, uh, yeah. And in fairness, I wasn't aware, <laughs> like that's what I love is I, I'm, I'm a learner by nature. I think I'd go to school forever if it didn't cost so much, but, uh, April is actually national minority cancer awareness month. Um, clearly right now in our world, uh, the topic of uh, being a minority and, and, and that looks many different ways. It could be with the, you know, George Floyd atrocity, um, the recent, um, and I'm so apologetic that I'm forgetting the names, but there was the recent army individual in the South uh, that was, you know, harassed by police in a major way. The, uh, the individual who was accidentally shot instead of tasered, uh, the Asian uh, Pacific Islander, you know, atrocities. I mean, all of this going on in our country. So never is it more important to talk about um, minorities in every sense, but in our case around cancer awareness. And I think, you know, I said it earlier, cancer does affect everyone. It doesn't discriminate. With that being said, it doesn't affect everyone equally. Um, so racism, poverty, um, and all of the different inequities, they really, they make the cancer battle harder for many. So our belief at the American Cancer Society is that no one should be disadvantaged in their fight against cancer. And, and that means whether, no matter how much money you have, the color of your skin, your sexual orientation, um, your gender identity, that's a big part. Um, mm -hmm. If you have a disability um, or even where you live. I mean, if you think about some parts of rural America, mm -hmm. um, for ACS, health equity means that everyone has a fair and just opportunity to prevent find, treat, and survive cancer. That's our goal. Um, we're really committed. It's a big part of our, of our fabric uh, to reduce cancer disparities. And there is a link uh, with more that we can put into your, your, your chat so that people have it if they want to read more about it. Mm -hmm. That's great. And, and speaking of equity, um, you also shared with me about uh, your new CEO. Yes. ACS. And why don't you tell us a little bit about her? So how exciting was it? It was perfect timing too. I was like, this is great. I get to share this with Margie, <laughs> like two women who are rocking it out doing this uh, podcast. And now I get to announce this major news. Um, so our current CEO is Gary Reedy. And please don't get me wrong. I love Gary. I've personally met Gary. He's all about innovation, um, but Gary wanted to retire. And really he's not old enough in my mind to retire. I don't know how old he is, but I think he wants to spend some time with his family, which I applaud his poor wife, you know, and kids haven't seen him. Um, but so we announced our new CEO. She's going to start June 1st. And did you catch that? She. So <laughs> the first time our organization is 107 years old and I am not a thousand percent sure how she pronounces it. I think it's Nudson, um, but she is going to start with us after 107 years as our first 
female and not only our first female CEO, but she's a scientist. Wow. So I think like we, I, I, I mean, I'm elated. I cannot wait to get to know her because um, Gary has done an awesome job as has predecessors, but we know, I mean, we got a female vice president. You don't have to like her politics, but you have to love the fact that we're, we're not just breaking the glass ceilings, but we're smashing them. Right, Margie? Absolutely. Knock them down. <laughs> Dr. Karen, I hope it's Nudson. Uh, we'll start with us June 1st. Wow. That's great. That's great to, to hear. Um, and yeah, we are uh, uh, smashing um, glass ceilings everywhere. And it's sort of, even with everything going on, like you were speaking to um, in the world, it is nice to see some of the changes that are occurring, some that are being forced by um, some of the hard times we're in right yeah. now as well. Yeah. Um, um, we, we talked right before we started the call about gender pronouns and conversations around, um, you know, individuals who are transgender. Um, I belong, um, I, I not belong, I serve on uh, the LGBTQ and I'm still trying to figure out the acronyms. I, my, my joke these days has been LGBTQIA plus plus hashtag LMNOP XYZ pound sign. You know, like, cause it, there's so many letters, but the, the bottom line is that um, I serve on the committee and we've been having a lot of discussion around gender and how as a health organization, especially one that we, we promote screenings, right? We promote um, all types of screenings, be it breast screenings, uh, colorectal screenings, et cetera, for cancer. Mm -hmm. um, and those have always, the languages have always been gender specific. Sure. And so, you know, this isn't, a, 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 you know, like we were talking about, you know, it's not, you just switch it. You just go in and retype it. Things have to be well thought out and it have to be strategic. But the fact that ACS is on the front lines of that, yeah. that makes me proud as a woman, you know, within the LGBT community, it makes me proud to know that we're, we're trying and we're getting there. It might take us a little bit, but we are working on it. So that's awesome. And tell me a little bit about the research that's being done that's actually female focused. Yeah. So um, one of the initiatives that I'm working on, so if anyone's listening and you can be in Iowa, that's okay. It was Iowa, right? Yes. I have yep. a graphic challenge. I'm like, Ohio, Iowa, Illinois, I don't know. Um, one of those states out there. Um, but you can be anywhere in the country and you can participate and we'll put a link in the chat. Um, but the program is called Research Hers. So if you picture the end, capitalized. Um, and essentially it's an initiative to help fund female science researchers within cancer space. Um, and it's not just funding their research project, like, you know, okay, you need $100,000 to try to discover X. That's, that's part of it. But it's also things like the program that we just launched starting in January, where women that have applied for a grant and received an ACS grant and become pregnant can actually um, apply for this funding that is funded through researchers and it gives them a maternity leave, a paid maternity leave. And then on top of that, what it does is it extends the length of the grant. So typically, let's say a grant was a year, they're all different lengths, but let's say a grant was a year and a woman got pregnant and was gonna go on a three month maternity. Normally what would happen is they would just lose that three months of time at their bench. 
And that can be devastating, but now we're going to pay them to be able to be home. And that includes fostering, not just having a baby, but, um, or uh, adoption, excuse me. I, I don't sure. know if it's fostering, but adoption. Um, and so it gives them that additional three months. So it, it extends their grant cycle, which is huge. Wow. So that's just like one example of what researchers is funding. Um, and the program's great. We have so much fun. All the women get together. And essentially the goal is for the individual women to share with their network, as well as to try to fundraise within their network. So if anyone's listening and thinks that sounds like fun, it starts in May. So we're, we're right on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So uh, sw I'm switching gears a little bit here. And, and part of that is because obviously at Achieve, yeah. um, our focus is on mental health. Um, specifically, we treat treatment-resistant depression, but we've really made a point at Achieve that it's not only about helping people with treatment resistant depression, it's also about just talking about mental health, mm -hmm. um, putting that in the forefront. Um, because it's often, I feel like mental illness, there's still stigma. And, um, and I feel like in some ways, you know, depression and anxiety are sort of like the silent disorders. Um, although depression is actually, um, the leading cause, I don't know if you know this, depression is actually the leading cause of disability worldwide. I didn't know that fact. I, I can fathom that it's true. And I, the reason I think I was so drawn to your colleague, Andrew, and to Achieve TMS is, um, so my wife has bipolar. Mm -hmm. And for many, many, many years, it went undiagnosed. And then once diagnosed, she too had the stigma. This was prior to us being together, but she had that stigma. She didn't want to share it. Um, and she has struggled. And I watch, I have a, a really good friend who works at a VA um, and I watch individuals, be it with PTSD um, or a diagnosis like a bipolar, um, a general depression. I technically am diagnosed with depression after my dad passed away. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just hit a low. And mm -hmm. I, I think the problem is that if I had diabetes, and I'm just using that as one example, sure. so please. But if I had diabetes and you said something to me and I would be like, oh yeah, I have diabetes. I don't want to think twice about it. Right. But there is always a hesitation. Like I actually hesitated before I even said to you that my wife has bipolar. Cause I thought, well, that's not really my business to share. It's her story. But I feel it's important that she knows that a, I'm okay with it because mm -hmm. it doesn't change her. It is who she is. And I love her for yeah. all of it, but we, so thank you for having your business in terms of getting awareness out into the communities that you serve, because it's, it's super important. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and so where I was going with that is, you know, one of the things I was thinking about when I learned that fact, cause I've worked in mental health for 20 plus years and I didn't know that depression was the leading cause of disability worldwide. Um, is I thought a lot about like comorbidities um, between uh, mental health issues and medical issues. Um, and also I've thought about when you have a medical uh, diagnosis like cancer um, and you're either the person with cancer or you're the caregiver you. uh, of, of the person with cancer or maybe not the caregiver, just a family member of somebody who has cancer. Um, depression and anxiety, you know, are probably pretty common. I don't know the exact research statistics, but, you know, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. So one of the things I was 
you know, wondering about with, in particular with ACS, um, what kind of resources um, do they offer or talk about um, for people? And, and some people who have been diagnosed with cancer maybe have never struggled with depression or anxiety before. And now they may be struggling with something that they've never experienced yeah. along with their medical diagnosis. So I was curious, you know, what ACS does to support that aspect and, um, and what resources. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for that question. Um, first and foremost, so I always, whenever anybody asks me specifics, I always remind people I'm not a medical professional. Um, I always tell them I got a communications degree. I had to be cute and funny and I got A's. Um, so I'm not an expert, but sure. um, what I am an expert on is where to direct people. So we really have two avenues, two um, like umbrella resources, if you will, that I start everybody at, whether it's depression or any other need. One is a phone line and, um, and I'll tell you about that. And the other is our website. So the, the phone line is our main hub. It's called um, our National Cancer Information Center. I have to get it right. NCIC. I used to call it NCIS and my boss was like, oh, no. um, but we'll put the number up, but it's fairly easy, especially I think for our generation, because you'll remember the show when I say it. So 800-227 and then 2345. So that show, remember that show, that was bad TV show, 227. So that's how I remember it. 800-227-2345. So our NCIC is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Wow. Passover, Christmas, whatever you can call. And it is not, and thank you for bringing this up, Margie. It's not just for somebody with a diagnosis of cancer. It is for anyone. And I like, whenever I do something that's related in, in a way to business, I say, think about if you're a business owner and one of your employees says they have a diagnosis or their loved one has a diagnosis, how do you handle it? Right? right. Well, being able to call NCIC is a great place to start and then they'll direct you from there. So I love that. So we'll put that number up again for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also available in English and Spanish. So I just want to mention that. Um, the other thing we have that I think is so amazing and built out really during the pandemic, even bigger than it was, which is massive, um, is our website. It's cancer.org. So it's probably the easiest website in the world. Um, I always tell people, first and foremost, if you or a loved one gets a diagnosis, please use cancer.org as your information source. Do not use the Google. And I call it the Google because it cracks my nephew up because yeah. it makes him think I'm a hundred. But <laughs> there is so much misinformation on the internet. I mean, the concept fake news was not created by our previous administration. I mean, there is fake news out there. So please, sure. please, 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 cancer.org. Um, for no other reason besides it's scientific based. You're going to get accurate information. Absolutely. Um, there is so much on the website. You can do a live chat. So if you don't like to talk on the phone, you can live chat with our NCIC, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not gonna go through everything that's available there, Margie, but to your specific question around um, uh, mental health, it is extremely interconnected. When something is happening to our bodies that we have zero control over at that point, what happens to our mind is natural to follow. So, um, in particular, we have, and we'll put the link up, we have a section about emotional, mental health, and mood changes that look at different subsections, including anxiety, because anxiety and depression are two usually intertwined, but not always. So anxiety, depression, um, and then distress. Um, it also, um, we have a huge caregiver section. That's something we built great. out. Huge, yeah, full video series. Um, and then we also have, um, especially 
think about what you mentioned, right? So there's a uh, physical diagnosis, like a cancer that's Mm going to cause mental health issues, potentially possibly, but then you do all of that on top of a pandemic. Right. So we also have a lot of resources for COVID and cancer. Um, so the, the website is, is so robust, um, cancer.org search in the search bar. You can find anything. Great. Great. It's, it's good to know that that is there and I'm actually interested in now I'm going to go on. I would love to. I'm just curious to, to, to see what's available. Yeah. So we're going to probably start wrapping up in a couple minutes, but I feel like, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like, um, it's important, and you shared some of this with me uh, prior in, in your email um, about pre- preventative measures. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the things that can decrease uh, your likelihood? I mean, there's some things you control, some things you don't control, Absolutely. like genetics. Um, but I thought that that was sort of a nice way to close and kind of yeah. put out there sort of some education for people around what are things that can help prevent someone from eventually having a diagnosis of cancer. Yeah, thanks for asking that. And this is very personal to me. Um, I had shared with you um, in my previous email, um, personally, I've struggled with weight my whole life. I've been morbidly obese. And this past year on top of the pandemic, I decided to tear my Achilles tendon and have to have surgery. And that developed massive blood clots. So I was in and out of the hospital and at the time was 316 pounds. So June 1st, I started my health journey. Um, and I've lost quite a bit. Um, and I feel healthier than ever, but I didn't do it to fit in the genes, which partly is age. I think we stopped caring so much about the cute genes, but also it was the knowledge that I gained by working with the American Cancer Society. Um, Having lost so many, I mean, my grandparents, my aunt on my dad's side, my aunt on my mom's side, my mom, um, it's my stepdad, so that's not genetic, but there's so much that already is against me. What can I do? And one of it is health and wellness. Now, I know people feel like, oh my God, I hear it all the time. I'm overweight. I go to the doctor and it's like, yeah, I get it. But there's little things that you can do and, and that staying healthy and we'll put the, the page link in there for you, but there's so many resources. Um, you know, we know some of the obvious stay away from tobacco mm-hmm. that includes vaping. Um, Mm -hmm. the research is showing vaping is not a better alternative, um, but things about, you know, um, eating healthy. So just choosing some foods that are, um, going to build your immune system. Um, you know, we do talk about carcinogens and we talk about genetics. We have that, that information. So some of it isn't preventable, but it's the knowledge of what's around you and what's in you, um, alcohol use. Um, one of my favorite things though, on the page is there's, um, it's called the defender health quiz. And it's a link and it's a a little quick thing, but it's a personalized thing with some tips you can do. So I feel like, why not just take it? It's free. You know what I mean? Like you don't have, it's not like we're going to follow up and be like, did you do, did you eat your greens this week? You know what I mean? It's your own personal business, but I feel like it's just, it's the awareness. Um, You know, there's so little in life we have control over, right? Um, If you can make one better choice you can, you can be on your way. And we offer help with that. Um, and it, you know, I mentioned earlier, if you are an employer, I think the best thing you can do is try to find ways. Like when, when employees talk about what they want, it's not like they, you know, everybody's like, well, we give them a pizza party or we had an after work, you know, cocktail hour. It's like, how about instead we, I don't know, give them the afternoon off to go get their mammogram and not charge them PTO. 
what a concept, right? Or right. how about we offer, um, you know, free fruit in the break room? You know what I mean? So like there are things you can do and those choices can be made and make your, your uh, team healthier and, and be here longer. So yeah, sure, sure. there's a lot there, but it excites me. So thanks for sharing it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also screenings. Huge. And unfortunately really got, got skipped during COVID. I mean, some of it was, it had to, cause practices sure. weren't open, but so many people have not gotten their proper screenings and the doctor's offices are back up. They're open. They're safe. They're probably one of the safest places actually. Cause they're like super clean. Um, what I love and we'll, again, we'll put the link up, but there's a link on our page that kind of outlines when the American cancer Society's scientists recommend you should be getting these screenings. And the reason I say that is sometimes your insurance provider, and I'm not knocking anybody, but sometimes they don't necessarily agree or yeah. your doctor might not like, for instance, something talking about preventative and it would be a whole nother topic, but I'll just mention at high level, the HPV vaccine for young people. That is a vaccine that a, that a, a preteen can get that can prevent up to six kinds of cancer. It's the only actual vaccine to prevent a cancer. Um, but a lot of doctors, pediatricians either don't know about it or just aren't educated. Um, so I'm constantly sending parents the scientific information. It's like, read this yourself. Like it, sure. I didn't write it. Um, I don't even know how to read some of those words, but yeah, screening, <laughs> screening, screenings, please. Like yeah. mammograms aren't, have you, Margie, I'm assuming you've had a mammogram. I've had many. So yeah. before you got a mammogram, everybody's like, oh my God, they hurt. I will go for a mammogram over a regular gynecological visit any day. <laughs> like a mammogram is like two seconds. It's like, it's yeah. not a big deal. It's just yeah. a little awkward because the person's talking to you about like the weather and you've got your, you know, yeah. your gals out, but yeah. And, and we go through again around gender and, you know, lots of different things. So check that yeah. page out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Um, can I come back? I want to come back another week Sure, absolutely. <laughs> and we can maybe talk about it, you know, come up with some other, maybe more focused, you know, topics. We've got lots of things we could talk about. Absolutely. absolutely. Thank you for the work you're doing in the community. Achieve TMS is a, as I mentioned, as we started a true partner in our community. Um, and that is very valuable. So thank you. You are very welcome. I, I feel very passionate about the work we're doing at Achieve. So, so I wanna thank all our listeners and viewers for being here with us. And I hope you have a great week. Be well and take care.